And I'm so glad that you're here today. I hope you had an amazing Christmas. I know for us, uh, we had a great Christmas Eve around here. Hope you were a part of it. Uh, we also had uh, uh, my family. I took some days off last week and so really relaxed and had some good family uh, Christmas time. And, and it was just a real... Uh, a real good uh, holiday time, but I, I hope it was for you too. But today, uh, today's the last day of 2017, right? The last day. Uh, I don't know, for some of you, you may be like, I'm so glad to get rid of this year. Others of you uh, might be thinking, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I wonder what 2018 will bring. Uh, well, I, I'm really hoping that, that today, with 2017 being the, the, this is the last day of the year, that we can uh, make sure that, that we're each uh, best equipped uh, to get 2018 right. That's, that's kind of my goal uh, for today, that, that you're best equipped to get 2018 right. So this morning, I'm going to address uh, one of the most frequently asked spiritual direction questions that I ever receive as a pastor. Now, now this, this comes in various forms. Uh, when, when people kind of come to me and they, they'll ask questions of, about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure about this, or I'm not sure about that, and they're, they're just kind of seeking some spiritual direction. Uh, uh, people tend to, to ask this question in one of its various forms. So I think it, it's, it's one of the most important topics that we could ever, ever discuss. Uh, because let's face it, we, we all have decisions to make, don't we? I mean, you made the decision this morning to get up out of, bed and, and step out into probably a, a chilly house, and then to, to get out, uh, out of doors and thinking, man, is my car going to start, and will my car start after I've left it parked in the church parking lot for an hour and a half or so? Uh, you know, you made some decisions today, and, and every day we face decisions, and occasionally we face a decision of greater magnitude than others. And throughout our lives, we face all kinds of, of really life-changing types of decisions that, that we make in our life. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then, then my thought is it's, it's pretty important to know how to figure out what God wants for the decisions that you make in your life. Uh, what, what does God want? So today's topic is, is really all about how to discern God's will. And, and I'm going to share a process uh, with you a little bit later of, of how to do just that. Um, and, and though I, I think, uh, and we'll get to how to discern God's will, but I think it's really important for us, before we go any further, for us to answer a more foundational question, a more important question for us. And that, that really is, do you really want to know God's will for your life? I mean, if you knew what God's heart was, would you, would you follow his lead. Before we go about dis discerning how uh, to, to figure out what God's will is, we, we've got to be able to answer this question for ourselves. Do, you, do I really want to know God's will for my life? Some of you can answer that question right away with a resounding yes, and, and I'm glad. Uh, that, that's my hope for all of us, but, but, but some of us, if we're honest, are maybe a little more hesitant in answering that question. I, what, what if God's will and my will don't match up. Oh, wouldn't it just be better to not even know what God's will is? You know, some, sometimes we go through that, that thought process. And I want to encourage those of you who might be struggling with your answer to that question. Do I really want to know what God's will is for my life? And I want to encourage you with, with really the heart of the song that we just sang. You know, that, that God is our, our good, good father. The God of the Bible that we're talking about loves you. And, and he, your, your heavenly father, wants the very, very best for your life. And if you want to get 2018 right, 
and, and, and every day following, then, then I just want to invite you to be drawn into the love of God and decide in your heart that you want, that you want more than anything else, that you want what he wants for your life. More than having your own control, more than uh, being able to make your own decisions, more than uh, your own plans that you already have charted out for the way you think 2018, 2019, the rest of your life will go. And as the band shares this uh, really powerful song, I just want you to take a moment and, and reflect on, on the words. It's a, a lot of the same words you, you'll hear repeatedly, but reflect on those. And uh, I want to invite you to resolve in your heart to want to know God's will and God's heart for your life.
Uh, it is my hope and my prayer that each and every one of us in this room can affirm what we just heard so beautifully sung. That we are united uh, as, as a group here today even in our desire to know your will and to follow your will for us. Give us the grace and, and the courage to do just that, we pray in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen, amen. Hey, thank you, band. Um, hey, let me begin uh, by sharing our, our central scripture passage this morning. It comes from the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 20. It's a kind of a, a big chunk of scripture. There's a lot here. I'm not going to dive into all of it. The kind of the, the focus, the heart of what I'm going to get into is verse 17, and I'll kind of highlight that. I'll, I'll make mention of it when, when we get there. But, but I want you to, to hear this in, in its broader context. These are instructions from the Apostle Paul, an early follower and leader, a follower of Christ, uh, and church planter, who wrote this to a church, and an early church in Ephesus. He writes to them, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of, God, of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And here's verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, there is a lot here, isn't there? Uh, a lot of a lot of good, uh, solid instruction from God. Uh, but but what I what I think is really implied in all of this that that we can we can grasp just kind of at a foundational level is is number one that that, that God wants us to do His will. I, I think we can agree on that. That is pretty clear. God wants us to do His will. But secondly, and just as importantly, is that we can know God's will. We can know what it actually is. If we had the first part, 
without the second part, that, that would be a cause for concern. If we had a God who wanted us to do what his will is, and yet then somehow hid or obscured his well, will, made it difficult to know what he wants from us, then, then that would paint a pretty cruel picture of God, wouldn't it? But the good news is we can know and understand God's will for our lives. Now, uh, as we talk about God's will, uh, I think it's pretty important for us to understand God's will from two different angles. The first is uh, God's, God's universal will. And I encourage you, follow along in your message notes. You received them in your bulletin when you came in. Uh, there's a bit of an outline there. It will really benefit you to kind of see visually as I go along. But, uh, but the, the first part of God's will is really God's universal will. And, and, and that is exactly what it sounds like. It's God's universal will that applies to all people of all time. It doesn't change for anyone, in any place, at any time, for anything. It is universal. Uh, it's for all people, of all cultures, for all time. And it's revealed in the scriptures. Now, the heart of God's universal will is this. This is just kind of the, the nutshell version of God's universal will for all people. And, and that is that all people would be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. That is God's universal will for you before anything else, before any big decision about relationships or about careers or about family planning or when to retire or where to live. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And that can only happen when you are reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. And the way that that happens is that you receive the grace of God, which is made possible through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which makes forgiveness possible. Forgiveness which allows us to be reconciled to God and in relationship with the holy God. So, so God's universal will for all people, you, me, all people, is that, that you become a child of God. Uh, adopted into God's family by surrendering your heart and your life to Jesus, beginning a journey with Jesus. Everything else that I share about discerning God's will for your life is futile if you haven't entered into God's universal will with that, that step of beginning a journey with Jesus. God's universal will is that you would be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. Uh, and secondly, the second part of God's universal will is that you would become holy, like Christ is holy. And then thirdly, that you would serve as God's ambassador, his hands and feet, an ambassador of Christ and, and an ambassador of God's kingdom in this world. That, that is God's universal will for you as a follower of Jesus, that, that, that you would be generous that you would seek justice for the oppressed, that you would share your faith with others, that, that you would be accountable in, in Christian community and use your gifts to build the body of Christ, the church. There, 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 there's more to God's universal will for all people of all time and all places, but, but we discover that in the scriptures. We, we, we discover that by, by understanding the flow of scripture from the, the beginning to the end, not just taking a little verse here or a little verse there, but understanding the, the big picture of God's story for us. And, and that doesn't change. That, that is the same for all people of all time in, in any circumstance. There, there's no need to discern that. So today, I want to spend a little bit more time uh, focusing in on how to discern God's particular will 
for your life. This is what most people come to me seeking in spiritual direction. Uh, is, is What does God want in this situation in my life? God's particular will. And that is how do you figure out what God wants you to do in any particular situation that you may be facing? Do you take this job or that job? Do you go to that, this school or that school? Do you buy this home? Do you move in with that guy or not? Where, where should I invest my money? Uh, how should I relate to my adult children's latest decisions that they've made in their lives? Um, and, and in order to kind of understand this, I want, I want you to take a look at this following process as I talk through it. And I think this can be something uh, that you can look back on uh, in every single decision that you ever face that, that is of any magnitude at all. And uh, I really wanted this to be very practical as we enter into a new year. I want us to, to know what God wants and to follow what God wants. So I, I hope this is practical for you. And the first step, if you, you look at that picture, it's a, uh, in, your, in your message notes, there'll be uh, some of it on the screen too. The first step is to consult scripture. Uh, you're, you're to start at the bullseye here of this target. Start at the bullseye. You want to go for, for the middle first. You don't want to start on the outside going in. You want to start in the middle and work your way out. And to first start by consulting scripture. If you want to know God's will, you've got to know God's word. There, there are so, so many situations that we face in our lives that God's word speaks directly to. Uh, for, for instance, if you're trying to decide uh, you're trying to figure out whether God wants you to forgive somebody who hurt you. And, and you're kind of wrestling with, well, do I kind of, do, do I kind of hold a grudge? Do I uh, seek revenge possibly? Well, God's will is that, that you would always forgive and not seek to get back at somebody. And we know this from God's word. Uh, the, the verse right before the passage that, that I shared says uh, very directly, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Well, where, whereas God's word makes it clear that vengeance is his alone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Uh, our passage for today has, has other great examples. Hey, should I, should I shack up with my girlfriend? I've actually had people ask me that as a pastor before. And I say, well, no. <laughs> uh, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. There's no discerning needed there. It's pretty straightforward. And, and if you're not sure uh, what sexual immorality is, that's a legitimate question. Uh, then then seek the scriptures and, and, and try to understand what, what is sexual immorality. Here's, here's the synopsis. It's, it's any sexual activity outside the covenant of marriage. Several years ago, a married couple with children came to me for counseling. And the, the husband uh, had planned to leave his marriage for another relationship. And the wife didn't want him to. The uh, wife made it very clear that, that she was willing to work on the marriage, she was willing to forgive him, and, and yet he was persistent that he wanted uh, to, to leave his marriage for this other relationship. And, and he wanted to know what I thought. Well, I, I knew as, as his pastor, I knew that he claimed to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, he wasn't just somebody who was, who was seeking. You know, it's really hard to hold folks accountable to following Christ when they haven't 
taking that first step of, of kind of following in, in God's universal will if they haven't been reconciled to God? How can you hold somebody accountable to following God when they've never even been reconciled to God? But, but he, at least at the very least, claimed to have been. And so I told him, hey, look, it doesn't even matter what I think. The Bible is pretty clear. You, you desire to be in another relationship, that desire is no grounds, it's no biblical grounds for divorce. There's nothing in your relationship that isn't reconcilable, and your wife is willing to work on it. She wants to pursue this with you. And think, think of your kids. Th think of your witness to Christ in this. And, and then I told him the same thing that, that I would tell each of you in any number of situations, and, and that is, hey, look, we've all made mistakes. Every single one of us says, I, I have consciously chosen to disregard God's will in my life at times. We all have. We have all uh, made mistakes. And I told him, look, I will continue to love you. I will continue to be your pastor. You are, uh, you are invited to be a part of our church and its ministries, regardless of what decision you make at this point. But please know that God's will is perfectly clear on this one. You don't even have to pray about it. It is crystal clear right there. In discerning God's will, got to start with God's word. Got to start with God's word first. Now, now sometimes uh, God's word doesn't speak directly to the situation that you're wrestling with, that you're trying to discern what he wants. It, and there may be some principles uh, in scripture that apply, but you might be facing a situation where, where any variety of options uh, could be taken and still fall within the, the principles of Scripture that, that have been laid out before you. Uh, say, for instance, how to invest your money, uh, or whether to get married to this person or not, or, or where to live, or which job to take. And in those cases, you've got to move beyond the Scriptures. Uh, so, so what's the next step in the process? Uh, the next step is to quiet your heart, to listen for the voice of God speaking into your life through prayer and other spiritual disciplines like worship or fasting or, or silence and solitude. And, and if you're not sure which direction to take, Scripture doesn't answer the question that you're wrestling with directly or clearly, then you've got to ask. You've got to ask God for the wisdom to discern. The Bible says, James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Jesus says, whoever asks receives, whoever seeks finds, whoever knocks, the door will be opened to them. Ask God for direction. Practice spiritual disciplines that put you in a position to hear God's voice whisper to your heart which, which direction to take. Quiet your heart. Ask for God's wisdom. And, and it's not a one-time thing. That, that is, a, is a do it all the time. Do it regularly. Uh, God's Spirit will, will oftentimes give you peace about a particular decision, a particular direction, but oftentimes will, will just keep your heart very unsettled. Uh, God, God's Spirit speaks through prayer and the spiritual disciplines in a variety of ways, and that, that, that's one of those ways. But again, uh, sometimes that's not conclusive. And, and even if you feel 
like through prayer and the practice of, of spiritual disciplines that, that you're getting clear direction from God. Even if you feel like it's clear direction, if, if you're wise, then you will move to the next phase of the discernment process, and that is to seek godly counsel. Now, I'm not talking about getting advice. Advice is easy to come by. You don't have to go far to get advice. Really, I mean, you could just Google right now. Uh, should I do this or should I? And, and you'll get advice uh, from any number of people about any number of subjects. Uh, advice is easy to come by. Godly counsel, that's something you have to cultivate over time in Christian community. Godly counsel comes from, from your pastors. Uh, godly counsel comes from your journey group, from your, uh, from your trusted friends in Christ, from a spiritual counselor, uh, people who you know, you know love God, and you know have the best uh, in mind for your spiritual well-being. Uh, oftentimes, uh, good godly counsel can come from your parents or grandparents, uh, uh, but, but it doesn't have to be limited to your family. You know, when, when you seek godly counsel, you, you need to, this is kind of how it goes. You, you need to seek uh, um, Seek out somebody's counsel and share with them. You start by sharing with them uh, what it is that you're wrestling with, the, the question, the decision that's before you. Uh, but, but you've also got to share with them your reflections on Scripture. Remember, because you didn't start with godly counsel, you started in the center. You started with seeking out uh, what does God's Word have to say about this. And so you share with them, here are my reflections on Scripture. This is kind of what I'm, I'm getting, and, and, and here are the questions that I still have. And, and, and you share with them what you've heard God's voice speak to you through prayer and the practice of spiritual disciplines. You don't just jump to godly counsel. You start uh, with Scripture and, and listening for God's voice yourself, and you share that with them. And then you invite them. You say, hey, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me in this situation? And, and would, you, would you help me see things that maybe you can see from the outside looking in that, that I don't see or that maybe I'm ignoring or blinded to? And, and, and so you invite them into your process with you. And, and for me, I, you know, there are a handful of people that I turn to uh, for uh, godly counsel. And I, I thank God for them. I, I've turned to them many times over the years. And, and the truth is, though, that, that that's something that needs to be cultivated. Like, I just can't go to them without also being there for them, without also uh, building our relationship. And that takes time and investment and energy. Uh, but, but godly counsel uh, will, will require commitment and investment on your part. And so maybe, maybe that's even, maybe God's voice is speaking to you even here this morning that, hey, I, gosh, who's my godly counsel? I mean, yeah, I could go to one of the staff of the church and one of our pastors, but really, I mean, who else would I turn to? And maybe this is God's nudge to you in the new year to become a part of a journey group. Uh, there, we've got several journey groups, uh, some that are, are starting out with new studies here in the new year, and, and it's an opportunity for you to be in Christian community and cultivate relationships that can uh, be there for you when you need direction sought, and, and you can be there for them as they seek godly counsel. But after scripture, prayer, and godly counsel, then and only then is it appropriate to start looking at the circumstances and what God might be speaking through the circumstances. It's appropriate to ask God to open up doors that he wants you to walk through and to close doors that he doesn't want you to walk through. And then to kind of experiment, test the waters a little bit. Uh, you'll find oftentimes 
that you'll have multiple good options in front of you. Uh, oftentimes you'll find that, that, uh, that, that you could choose any variety of options, but other times it might feel like everything's an uphill battle, like all doors are being closed. And sometimes God reveals his will through circumstances. But the truth is, circumstances are very hard to interpret. And you might interpret it this way and see it one way, and this person might see the same circumstances in a completely different way, and these people over here might see it in a different way. And you can, you can make circumstances pretty much tell you whatever you want them to tell you at times. That, that's why it's really important to start with Scripture and work your way out. Um, many of you know that uh, my wife Amy Jo and I adopted our daughter Anna from China, and many, we were seeking God's will and discerning God's will for a long, long time on that. Uh, we, we were hesitant to begin an adoption process because, quite honestly, it costs, costs a lot of money. And, and we, we, we definitely knew God's word was, was clear about caring for widows and orphans. And, and so it was definitely, hey, this is, this is it within God's will. But God's, God's word also talks about, hey, the, the, the borrower is slave to the lender. And we knew that, that, that God wouldn't lead us into uh, substantial debt uh, for, for an adoption process. So we were really struggling. And, 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 and we, we felt like this was in our future, but we didn't, we were stuck. We were stuck. And lo and behold, God's will became very clear to us when circumstantially uh, a God-loving friend uh, came to us and wrote a really big check. Like, big. And, and we hadn't even talked to this person about, about our desire and, and what was holding us back and, and just gave it to us without strings attached and said, this, this is... I think God wanted me to do this. And, and I, th- I think God wants you to adopt. And we were just blown away. Like, it was totally, completely unexpected, completely out of the blue. And, and, and yet it was a confirmation from God of God's will for us to move forward. And for us, that, that was the open door that, that we needed. Uh, circumstantially, God spoke to us through this friend circumstances can help you discern. Um, but finally, there's a last step in how to discern God's will. And, and that last step is to, to check with your heart. What do you want? And sometimes like a good, good father, God lets us choose. And, and sometimes we have many multiple uh, good and godly options before us. And God says, you know what, son, daughter, you know what, you, you can honor me in any one of these paths. You can be a blessing and an ambassador of, of, of my kingdom in any one of these routes. So what do you want? What do you choose? I'll let you choose. You know, the truth is, I, I think this happens a lot. I think most of the decisions we face on a regular basis are these kinds of outcomes where, where God says, you know what, you can honor me uh, in this way and you can honor me in that way and you can honor me in that way and, and, and I let you choose. But what I find so often is that we will get this process completely backwards. 
I mean, we, we, oftentimes, I, I think we, we start on the outside and, and then work our way in. And, and, and we, we start with our heart, right? I mean, that's what the world tells us to do, right? Follow your heart. This is like the, the, the theme of 90% of the movies that, that you watch, uh, particularly the Hallmark movies. You know, follow your heart. It's every, uh, you know, it's every greeting card. Follow your heart. You know, it's every Disney movie. It's everywhere. Follow your heart. Every song that you hear on the, it's, it's everywhere. You, you can't get away from it. Follow your heart. That's what the world tells us. And, and so that's what we do. In fact, sometimes that's the advice we give our kids. Just follow your, what, what does your heart say? And, 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 and that's such poor advice. Here's how it usually works out in our lives. We, we, we feel like we know what we want in our heart. And so then we start looking for signs in our circumstances, don't we? We say, oh, well, God opened that door. Uh, that, and, and so we, we take that as a sign that, that yes, we can have what, what our heart desires. And, and so then we'll start seeking the counsel that will tell us what our itching ears want to hear. And we'll avoid the counsel that, that will tell us what we don't want to hear. And then we'll pray a prayer and it'll go something like this. God, I really want this. And, and, and I think you want me to have the best in life. And so, so God, if, but, but maybe you don't want me to have this, or you don't want me to just, and if that's the case, then how about you make an earthquake happen right now? And if it doesn't, then, ooh, that's a clear sign that you want me to move forward here. And heck with scripture, I'm not even going to go to scripture because I have this eerie feeling that I know what it's going to say, and it's not going to line up with what I want, what my heart says. Sound familiar? I mean, this is, we've all done this. <laughs> I've done this at times. Uh, we've all done this. Uh, and it's downright dangerous to follow your heart if it doesn't align with Scripture or with God's voice speaking to us through prayer and godly counsel. The, the Bible tells us clearly that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. In other words, our hearts cannot be trusted on their own. We need to start at the center and work our way out. And rather than Start on the outside and work our way in. Scripture, prayer, and other spiritual disciplines that help us hear God's voice whisper to our hearts through the Holy Spirit and, and, and godly counsel where God's Spirit can speak to us through, through others uh, and then circumstances and then our heart. That's the process of discerning God's will. And as a living, uh, kind of a fresh example, that's really the process that I went through as kind of your, your chief spiritual leader of this church. Uh, this December, as we stepped into the Unexpected Generosity Initiative, uh, as uh, I started with God's Word, and God's Word makes it pretty clear that we are to trust Him uh, with our first fruits, to, to trust God with a, a tithe beyond ourselves to, to the work of God. We, we let go and, and trust God with it. Uh, but of course, that direction is given uh, most specifically to, to God's people uh, as, as individuals in, in a community and not really given directly as instruction for the local church and, and so uh, as, a, as a whole. And so I, I, I turned to God in prayer. There was some ambiguity there. And in prayer, God, God spoke repeatedly to my heart that, that we as a church, if, if we expect our members to, to give faithfully, to tithe themselves, 
uh, and, and to give generously than to ask you to, to tithe to the work of God through our church, that it was just a matter of integrity for us as a church to do the same, to, to give away and be generous. And I felt strongly through prayer that, that God wanted that from us. Uh, and so I shared that with a ministry coach of mine, just kind of what, what God was working in, in my heart. And, 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 uh, and he was on board. He said that, that he believed that, that that was in line with, with uh, the scriptures and God's direction and church leadership. And then, and then I shared that with a few key leaders here in our congregation. And, and after hearing positively from them, we took it to the church council. And the church council voted uh, unanimously and said yes to a plan to give away 10% of not just a Christmas offering, but all of our offerings in December. And you know what? Circumstantially, it was a mixed, uh, there were mixed circumstances. It felt like a real leap of faith because at the time we only had one week's worth of expenses as unrestricted cash in the bank. But at the same time, we believed that if we were ever going to get in a better position financially as a church, that, that we needed to start with being generous ourselves. And, and what better time than to do it than at Christmas time when, when we are celebrating the best gift that was ever given, and it was given to us, the gift of Jesus. And it seemed that, that God may have, have uh, set the stage with perfect timing for an initiative like this. And, and, and my heart, my, my heart and the heart of our church's leadership is to be generous. You know, we, we're excited about writing a big check to the food pantry. We're excited about writing a, a big check to hurricane relief and for the spiritual direction of at-risk kids in our region. We want to do that. That was our process leading up to our unexpected generosity initiative. And, and as of Christmas Eve, we're well on our way uh, to, to approach, at least approaching our really big goal of $150,000 of offerings in December. Uh, as of Sunday, last Sunday, we're sitting right about $109,000, and I've seen several online uh, contributions come in this week of, of several, several thousand dollars that, that put us even above that. And uh, I don't know where we'll land. I mean, today's the last day to kind of give before a new year, and I, I don't know where we'll land. But I can say for certain that, that God has been really moving in your hearts and in my heart. And as a church, uh, we have been unexpectedly generous. And I have to tell you, as your relatively new pastor, that just makes my heart smile. That, that, that gets me excited because I, I tell you what, if we're willing to make ourselves uncomfortable financially as individuals for the sake of God's mission and work in and through our church, then man, buckle up because God, God is, has got some amazing things in store for us in our future when we're willing to, to make ourselves uncomfortable for the sake of his mission in our midst. So I, I for one, am really looking forward to 2018 as we continue to discern God's will together and move forward as a church. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we, we want to know your will. And we, we've all tried calling the shots in our own lives. And, and if we're honest, you know, the results have been mixed, questionable at best. We believe that what you have in store for us is the best, though. And we long to know your will. God, thank you so much for your word 
and the fact that you want to speak to us when we are disciplined to seek you. And thank you for the gift of community that, that points us to you. And thank you that, that you sometimes move mountains to get our attention. God, speak to us again today, we pray. And I'm not sure what situations each one here is, is wrestling with, but I know, I know that you long to speak your will into our lives. So Lord, we come before you and just ask for your wisdom to not only know your will, but maybe more importantly today, the courage to do it. We pray in the name of Jesus.